welcome to another episode of Really Grown Shit. It is your hostess with the mostest, Tashia J. The whites call me Tasha, but it's your girl, Tashia J. And these past two weeks have to go down in the history books. Yes, we are only 14 days into 2021 and we've already earned a whole ass chapter in the history books. Like, somebody get the spinach dip because the crackers was marching into the White House like they was hot shit in a bag of chips. Cops out here taking selfies in the middle of a coop, coop going crazy, motherfuckers getting caught looking for the stimulus room, and then they get mad when they can't fly no more. Shit, I heard Greyhound got them on the no bus list. Then we have the vaccine. We finally have a vaccine for this COVID shit, right? And they ain't got enough of the vaccine to get it. Everybody ain't that some shit. Ain't that some shit. See, American politics to me is like WWE. Over-exaggerated, choreographed sequences that entertain the masses, old and extremely washed up members refusing to retire. Like, I don't know if y'all saw Nancy Pelosi whip out that impeachment dress. She was like, ooh, I got an outfit just for this. And I'm sitting here like, girl, I seen that same dress in 2019. You ain't fooling nobody. As a black person watching this, it's so crazy. Y'all, it's so crazy seeing white people just break into the Capitol. Not just the state Capitol. Bitch, the motherfucking Capitol of the United Motherfucking States. With no cops. When we watch unarmed black men die yearly for just being black make it make sense and if y'all saw the roles reverse if it was some black people try to do that same shit it would have been a massacre on the news and you know this but it was just so funny like seeing all the wannabe woke people rush to get there but if it was black people the outcome would be different i'm sitting here i'm like y'all and copied and pasted that damn tweet on twitter like 50 damn times don't use this time for performative activism okay 2021 Venmo a black person just because and if you don't have the funds you need to be fighting out in the streets with your mask on or being a good friend and ally to the black and brown people you quote-unquote love and support y'all allies will scream black lives matter then fuck a police cadet like what I'm supposed to do with that hmm make it make sense are you an undercover agent like come on now i need to understand what your motives are y'all ever realize like when it's been some bad years in the white house there's always a black person on the ballot to save the day and usually that black person hasn't had a positive rep with the black community like i remember we was like all happy about obama but then it was like who the fuck is obama And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. And the first black president, you know, a monumental victory. But that nigga did some shady shit in the office. And then we all had to turn like a blind eye like, eee. Then there's Kamala. Girl, I'm happy there's a black woman in office, okay? And she didn't put a lot of black men in jail. But she is the vice president of the United States right now. So we just gonna see what homegirl gonna do. But... On today's episode of Really Grown Shit, we talking about double CCs. And that song has been stuck in my head. Like, if I'm a really big City Girls fan, y'all can tell this by now. But my favorite lyric is, on double CCs, he don't get shit free. And my thing is that we need to talk about the culture vultures. We need to talk about all the people who commodify our culture. And that's what the C's stand for on community and culture. 
Listen, my name is David Ruffin, and y'all came for me. Ain't nobody checking for the coons, okay? The key to life as a black person is simple. Are you ready? I have to whisper it. Hold on. The key to life as a black person. Okay, I, nope, nope. I can't whisper for shit. Fuck that. The key to life as a black person. Don't be a coon and don't be dusty. And within quarantine and the election... All these niggas have just been hopping out of their cocoons. And I'm just like, Tyra, we were voting for you! Every person with money does not know what to do with it. And the beige folks know how we get with money. They see how it affects their own people. That's why they have so many get-rich-quick schemes. Then they put crack in the 80s in inner-city neighborhoods, and they gave black people life sentences for weed when non-black people can operate and own a dispensaries in West Hollywood with no problems. Now it's EDD scams. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I peep shit, but I ain't no snitch. People don't see classism as a legit form of violence because they're still believing that being poor is an indicator of people's character rather than it being a form of systematic oppression. That poverty is actually traumatic. That in order for rich people to thrive, a whole lot of, actually a lot of (laughs) barely have to survive. And that in order for people in the working class to survive, we have to come up with a whole lot of nigga rig shit. We got to figure shit out because there is no how-to God for us, okay? Hard times teach you how to stay ready. So you ain't got to get ready. Quoting the great trigger free on that one disclaimer i suffer from ptsd like i i just have to put that out there because i've been through a lot of shit but i can still smile and be cool because that was my past like things trigger me from time to time but i can bounce back and on some real shit the media makes all these excuses for mental health for the white children and the suburbs and ignores the fact that minority environments are about 10 times worse And with gentrification, we'll have the resources in these areas. But if you don't have good insurance or a connection, you SOL, you shit out of luck. For example, therapy. Like, you can find a good therapist, but if you don't have the good insurance to actually keep going, shit, you're going to have to find you the cheap therapist who's like, yeah, just sit there and nod. Don't give you no help. And my thing I hate about the media, they glorify the struggle. A lot of folks who never struggle love the struggle aesthetic they want to take all the good clothes at the thrift stores and leave the goodwill dry when they have the funds to get the unused version in the store they want to move to the hood get scared when there's fireworks oh i mean gunshots pop off the struggle helps you grow and if you didn't have to work for anything how do you expect to make a living you know You can't force yourself to struggle when you already have privileges. And no one just hops on the struggle bus just willy-nilly. Like, you have to be on that motherfucker when you're going through shit. I didn't grow up with role models and mentors. I grew up having people I didn't want to end up like in seeing situations I'd never want to be in. We never dealt the right cards, but that doesn't mean you can't reshuffle your deck for a better outcome. Like, my mom was my is my main role model. And she taught me how to use your magic. As a black woman, we're talented at many things. And 
when you care for your people, you can do anything you want. And everybody wants to come to the hood for the culture. I don't know why, but literally, I'm telling you, the black girls from the hood who buy the dollar door knockers, get the long acrylics for cheap from the salon down the block, who wear the $20 wigs and find their party outfits from Rainbow and rock the bright colored lipstick from the beauty supply store, where the culture? This aesthetic is my lifestyle. And it was always crazy when I look at like readings in my Afro studies classes and they count this shit as ghetto. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, what you trying to say about my, my people? What you trying to say now? Because you got a degree, you all fancy and shit. Like, don't let this degree fool you. I'm ghetto as hell. But I'm a cultural politician. See, and when we talk about culture, it's always in motion. It's never fixed. Oh, this is when I get real woke on y'all. Hold up. So cultural politics influence who we are. They set a basis on how one should be according to a culture. They explore precisely what's cultural about politics and what's political about culture. And I know that sounded really woke, but what I'm trying to say is cultural politics are the reason why niggas from the Bay act different than niggas from L.A., with cultural politics, it's all based off of where you are geographically, and culture is celebrated differently where you go. And with cultural politics, you gain power and gather choice when you know how to navigate in numerous cultural settings. Which is why we do not, we should not fuck with the culture vultures, those who study our culture and commodify elements to make shit mainstream. Like, why would I buy earrings for from Fashion Nova for $7.99 when I can get the same damn pair from the beauty supply store for a dollar? Make it make sense. Like, I cringed when people call Inglewood Iwood or when they call the slots and swap meet the super mall. Like, what is going on in the dancery? What is going on? But I'm just saying right now, if you want to go into politics, you're not finna like me because I see politics as influencers. A nigga with a platform just trying to get their agenda across. Every time you see him, they look like they got their shit together all the time. And then they want you to pay them to do their jobs. There, there's so many problems in the inner city. And electing officials who only step in these areas when they're thirsty for votes? Hmm. You can't influence change if you don't show it. Y'all ever seen an influencer go to the county building? Or paying for groceries with food stamps. For me, the personal is the political. And with a platform like YouTube, it would be really nice to see like influencers like using that platform as a form of change. Like actually being vocal about the shit that they go through. I don't know. I would do that on my platform, but I'm very lazy with video editing. And I just rather just talk. Y'all know how I am. Like that's all I like to do is just talk. But how can you effectively help the inner city if you've never in fact lived in the inner city to know the struggles that we face and what adequate resources that we need that's my main question i ask to all the politicians like no matter what like nip nipsey hustle that's what this nigga was doing this nigga wanted to give people in the community jobs upraise the community all that shit but then they murdered him so you're going to have haters in the same communities that raised you no matter what. And then it makes me question, 
is the hood a stepping stone to success or a neglected priority? Because America's already ghetto. And social media has a problem with framing real shit as ghetto. So you're having folks feel like it's necessary to spend our last dimes on luxury items. Sneaking luxury vacations in the middle of a pandemic like that's none of my business. And my thing is if you want people to get into luxury, you have to meet them at a level. So the day they start selling Fendi, Louis, Prada, all that shit in Ross, I'm picking that shit up. And don't get mad when you see a motherfucker wear a knockoffs because that's what they want to do. I don't know why, but it felt like college was going to make me bougie. But it really just showed me that all skin folk ain't kin folk. And I know you're like, aw, to shy for real. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. See, in college, it's really the best of the best from everyone's perspective environments. And there's no uniform experience for blackness. You know, cultural politics, niggas is going to act different everywhere you go. And the best way to be a cultural politician is when you can navigate these spaces to find commonalities and appreciate differences. Because you also learn about privilege. Yes, you learn how some items were basic necessities for some while they were privileges for others. Oh, and that privilege game will humble you real quick. And they will ask you the simple shit like, step forward if you can ride a bike. And I'm in the back sitting here like, what if you just did want to learn how to ride a bike? What if you wanted to ride a scooter? Shit. When I think of privilege, I also think about All-American. And then I also think about Spencer going to Beverly Hills. Like, that's the best way to describe my experience coming to Berkeley from Inglewood. And I'm still upset that none of the cast is actually from the district. But, I mean, it's Hollywood. It is what it is. When I first came to Cal, like, all I just could say was bougie, hassadiddy, petty, privileged. I learned all these motherfucking words. Then, why was my first class we reading the new Negro? And I'm like, ah! Who is this Elaine Locke talking about he the new Negro? And shit, I told you, I didn't read a lot of scholarly texts at the time, like, all I do is sit down and read Sister Soldier. Like, that's it. It was just a whole culture shock for me. A whole different side of my blackness I'm tapping into that I didn't even know I had. I'm like, wait, for real? This shit can be me too? But outside the classroom, it's a whole different story. See, when I would try to network with motherfuckers I was in classes with, I'm like, uh-uh. They'd establish difference from jump. Just bougie. These kids went to actual high schools with lockers and buildings. While I wore prep school uniforms behind an abandoned church. Everybody graduating from 500 student classes while mine was only 25. So imposter syndrome was strong. But eventually I found my friends, found my clique. And I was like, I'm legit. I don't need y'all niggas on on my timeline anyway. But after the first few conversations... Real recognize real, but you will also have some phony motherfuckers walking up to you like, can you say me, girl? Can you say me? There's always some folks who are overcompensating. Like this man was trying to overcompensate that I'm from West Oakland, I'm from here. And I'm like, boy, you are from Concord. I dropped you and your mama off in Concord. Don't lie to me. I'm not even from out here. Anyways, it just feels like I had the code switched amongst my peers i was too bougie for the ghetto kids and too ghetto for the bougie bitches i didn't give a fuck 
And it, it was crazy because it felt like I also got my gangster card out there too. Like I've been in fights. I didn't got shot at. I didn't been at a protest. I didn't got cussed at. Shit is crazy. And you would think college of all places. But honey, it is what it is. Okay. Tashai is a multifaceted character. But when we end up realizing that the most successful folks make do of their situations and it is what it is. I graduated and got the hell out of Berkeley. And my thing I always tell people, when you try to escape your traumas, when you try to escape where you're from, the problems that you abandoned are always going to keep following you until you address them. That's just a word for someone who probably needs to hear that. That ain't me though. But anyways, but as I got older, Culture became synonymous with blackness and professionalism became synonymous with whiteness. So this is my prime example. I wore my natural hair all four years of college. And when I would go to networking events, I would always argue that I network like my hair. It's natural. It's organic. I just do what I do. And you know, the recruiters would love that shit, right? And I met this one recruiter who was hella nice talking about local spots that we know and complimenting my resume and then letting me visit the company's headquarters only to tell me to do something with my hair for the next interview as if natural hair is not professional. Yeah, I didn't take that damn job. And then I look back at a time when I was working in retail and the white lady had her Cheeto puffs all up in my scalp, trying to see if my braids were real in front of my supervisor. So I can't slap this bitch and tell her to get her fucking hands off me. I'm just sitting here shit out of luck. Child, this is why I work for myself, okay? Standards of professionalism are anti-black. But I also know not to do a business deal with somebody missing teeth. Like, that's just on, that's just on that. It, it's just the wake-up call that we need as a community that you cannot uplift black folks on white ideologies. We, we need rich black people, but the thing is, is that there's too many of them. There's too many in the pot, and they need to redistribute the wealth. Capitalism has folks compromising race to gain social capital. And yeah, you'll have capital, but you're lacking culture. And then the culture vultures are going to do us and get paid off of our culture. So at this point, it's fuck respectability politics. You know, they ain't never respected us. And that's on that. Unapologetic blackness all 2021. I don't give a fuck. Unapologetic to the highest degree. Okay. Because back in the day, I was seen as the strong black friend and it's good and also bad. Because people just want to throw their problems on you like I'm their personal therapist. And at the end of the day, the support wasn't reciprocated. So you build your boundaries and you cut people off and advocate for what you want. And then people get mad when you do you. So 2021, I'm trying to be a better person. So just just some advice, okay, just for the public. Before venting to your friends, family, whoever... You have to ask them if they have the mental slash emotional capacity to hear you. Because some days they won't. But when they do, you will have 100% of their attention. You're respecting their energy as well as yours. You're considering the state of their mind and feeling that day before you 
ask to be heard out for advice. And, and that's on a healthy connection. There's so much respect for people who talk like this. Because walking around holding other people's trauma is very draining. Like, that's how I was all fucking four years of college. Everybody was fucking leaning on me as a therapist. And I'm like, hey, I got problems too, but y'all don't want to listen to them. Okay. We need to learn how to come together as a community. Besides when we're on the struggle bus. Okay? Because that's my thing. Not everyone hops on the struggle bus. We need to learn how to educate each other. Not to be little. Like... Don't sleep on the coffee because you're not woke. We need to communicate as a community. Come together on the problems that need to be changed. Everybody got their own agendas, but I see people doing the same shit. In 2021, I want niggas to come together. I want black entrepreneurs and black creatives to start branching out and building empires. I want to see black-owned swap meets. I want to see black-owned hair supplies, black-owned nail salons, black-owned barbershops, black-owned dispensaries, black-owned mental health clinics. Shit, everything needs to be black-owned in the ghetto. But before we figure out how to come together, we got to figure out community because y'all love to use that word, but I don't think a lot of people know what it means or embody the true definition of community development because the importance of community, the most successful politicians and influencers have a community of followers. Well, they call them fans, I guess, but they're people who listen to you, people who interact with you. A community is going to tell you what's going well, what ain't going well. A community that loves you and supports what you do. Stay tuned because I'm highlighting my team. My community. Niggas who supported really grown shit since day one because you always have to give praise. That's a step one. The community is always giving thanks and giving praise. And with that, I'm Audi 5000. Happy to shine Thursday. Deuces.